This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good morning to you here on this gorgeous Saturday morning. Truly Frank Brock here. Gorgeous. Blue yeah. sky everywhere. It is wonderful. Wonderful. I look at the in the next room, Charlie, and uh, there sits James Patrick Dooley. Yes. Will be the first voice you hear Correct. when you call in the following numbers. I might as well give the numbers Please. to the garden show. All right? Okay, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, doesn't cost you a cent, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra, of course, is call early, call often, one question per call. And please let James know if you are a first-time caller, and we'll make sure the wind chimes ring for you. I was going to say, we'll have some welcoming uh, noise of one kind or another. Yes, yes, (laughs) one kind or another, exactly. Well, uh, a Robin... Did you do the mantra? hmm? Did you do the mantra? Yes, I did oh, you the did, sir. I did. A rose by any other name is Charlie. And uh, I'll tell you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I think well, that was a compliment. <laughs> I said, well, yes, it was. Oh, okay, good. Not that you don't have the prickly side, do you? Yes. <laughs> that thorny bit. And that's why I've got to watch it when I do the show. Yes. Uh, okay, so bruises. how about... Bruises. <laughs> oh, she's petting my shoulder now. <laughs> oh, very good. All right. Thank you, Franklin. And I will fill you in on a couple of upcoming events. Goody. Uh, tomorrow, the Greater Toronto uh, Water Garden and Hort Society is holding their plant sale. This is from 10 a.m. till 1 p.m. at the Banbury Community Centre, 120 Banbury Road, which is very close to the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Lots of amazing plants and demos if you're a water gardener, which mm-hmm. everybody should be, because the best gardens always have that trickling water, that mm-hmm. peaceful, tranquil water that's so important. Uh, Next Tuesday, June 3rd, I'll be speaking about designing with trees and shrubs for the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society. The topic is timely, given the ice storm devastation seen all around the town of Richmond Hill. The meeting is held at the McConaughey Senior Centre. 10100, so 10100, Young Street, Richmond Hill, at 8 p.m. And, of course, everyone is welcome. Monday, June the 9th, okay, so that'll be the following week, the Agent Court Garden Club is holding their general monthly meeting, 8 p.m. at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue. There's two speakers, two topics. Both are from the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority speaking on Highland Creek Watershed Project and Healthy Yards Program. Now, there's other kind of fun stuff coming up next week as well, like the following week, but there's some garden tours coming up. 
book these things into your calendar now because I know how busy we get on our weekends. Mm-hmm. But Father's Day weekend, so June 14th, 15th, there's a couple of big garden tours happening that weekend. Um, both days of the weekend, the Toronto Botanical Gardens will be hosting their Through the Garden Gate tour, ah, which is yep. a, a very big, amazing tour. It's, I think it's their 27th annual uh, for doing that tour. Paul Zamet, the Nancy Eaton Director of Horticulture, will be with us next weekend to tell us and give us some little background scoop on that tour. Uh, but an unusual tour also happening that weekend on Saturday the 14th is a home and garden tour. So this is open gardens but also open homes. So that I found that wow, really yeah. interesting and we are going to be joined later today uh, by a guest who's going to fill us in on how much anxiety she's going through because <laughs> she's one of the hosts of the home and garden tour called Gates Open uh, Saturday, June 14th and it's all happening in the Scarborough Bluffs and it is a fundraiser for the hospital. Which hospital? Hold on, let me just read this. The Rouge Valley Health System, which is two hospitals. Scarborough Centenary and something else. Okay. Cool, though. So yeah. they're, off, they're always fundraisers for some good cause. But, but yeah, that'll be kind of interesting. We'll hear about what's coming up in the Bluffs, and next week and we'll talk about Hogs Hollow and what's going there. Good stuff. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's a full list of stuff there. There uh, is. <clears throat> do you have more? I have some your... emails, mm-hmm. but if we get a chance, we'll get to But I see we do have some callers, so we don't want to keep them waiting forever. Absolutely. So that means we have uh, a little break to take here, mm-hmm. and uh, Charlie Dobbin shall return after these words here on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming Aubrey from Hamilton to the line. Good morning, Aubrey. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Great, morning. thanks. Gorgeous uh, day. Beautiful morning. It is. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, I have a question about a lilac tree. Mm-hmm. I called once before. Mm-hmm. Cut back the lilac tree. Obviously, you cut the 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 buds, or not the buds, but the flower when it after it blooms. That's right. Um, to thin it out, you cut back the older branches inside. That's right. The to oldest, thin. biggest, you know, stems at ground level. At ground level. Okay. Right. Uh, this year, a lot of stem, which I did. Uh, I cut back, and a lot of blooms are now on the top, and it's a whole lot of green. Does mm-hmm. it go from year to year? Like last year, it was a lot of blooms. This year, it's just a lot of green. But a lot of that, sorry to interrupt, but a lot of that green is coming from the base, right, from the bottom. So new little like green uh, stems, et cetera, right from that base where you took out some of the older wood, right? Uh, yeah, there was a lot there, but I'm talking on the tree actually itself. Mm-hmm. Like there's an abundance of green in the tree and not a lot of uh, the purple lilac. Right. Well, keep in mind that flowering plants never flower consistently year to year. Typically, we'll see a bumper crop of flowers and then not so many the following year, followed by bumper crop of flowers. So um, it could be a case of that because it takes a lot of energy to make all those flowers. a certain time to uh, fertilize lilacs? Absolutely. All your garden plants should be fertilized in the spring. So now is the time to be fertilizing all your garden plants, whether it's shrubs or lawns or evergreens or roses. Everybody needs a feeding. And what you'll do is just, you know, enjoy the lilac this spring. When it finishes flowering, remove the, the finished flowers and look forward to a bumper crop of flowers for next year. I thank you very much to you both. Have a beautiful day, uh, Saturday. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much, Aubrey. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Always, always nice to hear. He's always so polite, you know? He sure is. Yeah, very, very much so. And I hope and Dorothy's very... going to be the same way. Here's <laughs> first-time caller from Brampton. You know what that means. Here come the wind chimes. 
First-time caller. There you are, Dorothy. Welcome to the show. Okay, good morning. Good morning. To everyone, this is my problem. Mm-hmm. In October, I had five-foot, five evergreens planted, mm-hmm. one in front of the other outside my living room window. Mm-hmm. And right now, the, the, the stems are going bare, and there's brown and green on all the five evergreens. And this is my question, because on Tuesday, the fumigator came to my neighbor next door, whose house is attached to mine, mm-hmm. and fumigated all the outside and all inside their house. And I asked him what it was for, and he said, carpenter ants. Oh. Now, I want to know, are those carpenter ants going into my evergreens? Nope. No? No. No. If you read about the life cycle of a carpenter ant, you will discover that carpenter ants only chew up dead wood. Oh, is that right? right? So that's why they chew up foundations and windowsills and everything that's oh. cut wood, preserved, you know, part of our houses. Right. Or, or even tree stumps outside, you know, anything dead, that's what carpenter ants chew up. A live plant, a carpenter ant does not touch. Oh, so it's not doing that to my evergreen, so that mm. could be maybe, maybe the winter months. Correct. It would have been damaged from the winter because this was a killer winter for the evergreens. Oh, so I thought it was the carpenter no. ants. No, so and I put out tra- ant traps outside of my windowsills. Okay, but you know what? You, you good at, I mean, if you're attached house, if yes. you're in a, a you know a semi-detached or a duplex yeah, house, semi. and your neighbor has evidence of carpenter ants, then absolutely you should be all over thinking about that in terms of your house. But I oh, wouldn't I worry too much about the plants. Also, well, I'm not sure. I guess it'd be one of those things where you'd need to find out whether you know is there evidence of carpenter ants. At their house, then there's... Oh, yes, because this is the second time they've been fumigated. Oh, my. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess whatever the fumigator found or or the homeowner, your next-door neighbor found, that caused them to recognize they did have an ant issue is worth asking and then following up at your house, just to be sure. But but in terms of the evergreens, just trim out everything that's brown or um, rust-colored or yellow or golden. Trim, trim, trim. There's a lot of that going on this year. (laughs) And water, of course, and fertilize. And a lot of water. Well, a lot of water, not a lot, but certainly it's not. They were planted in October. Yes. So we had a, more, a wet fall. We had a very cold, wet spring. Yes. But now here we are into some heat, and we haven't seen rain in at least a week. Yes. So, yes, you should be watering those plants. They need to get roots into the ground, get established, and that's your job is to get oh, them okay. th- through this year with some th- good TLC. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much to both of you. Thanks well, for your thank you. I, I listen to you every Saturday morning, starting at 9 o'clock. Well, there Excellent. you go. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gra- Bye-bye. I'm glad you now. made the connection. Okay. The I garden like Dorothy's giggle. Yeah, well, that was nice. Dorothy's bouncy and ready to rock and roll here. Yeah. And kind of like you. Yeah. Yeah. Bouncy and bouncy ready, and to, ready rock and to rock and roll. <laughs> That's, uh, I think of you when I think of What do you have those. in your coffee? <laughs> I want whatever she's got well, in Well, you were the one who made it for me, so well, you know. What's in it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, now, Shirley from Oakville. I would Oakville. like a nice giggle from you instead of a ha-ha. <laughs> I got you. Scale on house plants. That seems to be the problem at Shirley's place in Oakville. Hi, Shirley. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Great. Morning. Um, I'm not sure if it's scale. I just want to tell you, uh, I have a huge weeping fig mm. in the corner of my um, grand room. It's called like a living room. All right. And... It has what I thought was um, oozing mm-hmm. 
it, like, you know, when yep, I would trim trips. it, because yep. it gets so big, mm -hmm. um, it, it has thing, uh, like, a, uh, like a liquid, like La a cap almost. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. latex. Because you remember how figs um, are, yeah, that's latex, the white, uh, it's like it's bleeding, white stuff. Yeah. Yep. And um, I have, it, it, it's overhanging a bay window where, where I have a lot of my house plants. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, I have a hibiscus and... and um, a shamrock and spider plant and, and orchid cactus and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I just noticed, well, I noticed quite a while ago that it was, you know, this st stuff was landing on the chair. Mm -hmm. and it was landing on the, the um, bay window as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I eventually I just took warm water and I washed all of that off. But I'm really concerned about some of my plants. I took them to the tub. Uh -huh. And I gave them a shower yeah. and tried to get, because they were sticky. Right. They seemed to be sticky. And I haven't got a clue whether I've got scale or not. I've got a, like a hibiscus that I took um, a little baby off of, and that's in a different place. And the, the, blood, the buds form, but they never, um, they never open. Well, uh, just the, the to... stem seems to wilt and just shrivel up, and the and the bloom is the bud is full, but it doesn't open. Okay, and so well, I wondered if that. Okay, I'm... no, that's a separate issue. But but surely, just taking one step back, you mentioned that you had recognized all this sappy stickiness, and then you washed the windowsill and you washed all the plants off, and that would have been, I assume, a couple of weeks ago or months ago. So yeah. since then, do you do you see more sticky stuff? Well. It's kind of hard to, to tell. I, okay. I, I feel, I'm, I'm just feeling the leaves of the hibiscus right now. Mm -hmm. And um, like the shamrock, it's pretty hard to get it off of the actual thin stems. There's definitely still stickiness on the shamrock, the white shamrock. Uh, um, the spider plant, I think, is outside right now. See, I do put my, some yeah. of my plants outside. Great. Yep, yep, good idea. So, and, it, you know, scale is an insect that can cause quite a lot of damage, and as you recognize, it is an insect that pierces holes in the leaves, and then when it moves on, sap will drip out of those microscopic holes and okay. cause things below to get sticky. Okay. But you will I, see I'm the not scale. not any holes. No, you won't see the holes, but you will see the scale. Scale is uh, about an eighth of an inch long. It's usually on houseplants. It'll be shiny brown, and it'll look like uh, half of an oyster shell. It's, uh, it, it sticks onto the bark and the underside of the leaves of, of your ficus or your weeping fig. If you want to go and take a look, you will see actual bumps on the bark. You will see actual bumps on the backs of the leaves, and that would be, uh, that would be scale if you've got that happening. Yeah, I don't think I do then. then uh, I haven't really inspected the, the fig that well. But do inspect it because that's the one of you're suspecting. And the only other plant you mentioned that does often get scale is spider plant. So, again, you could easily inspect the plant for that shiny brown, you know, like I say, eighth of an inch kind of long bump. Oh, it's bump. eighth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah, and what very... is it long? Like like a like a no, it's like an oval shaped brown. It'll be like a little bump, uh, and under that bump, if you peel it off with your nail, your fingernail, and you look underneath, the insect is underneath that little brown bump. They put, okay. it puts a little coat of armor over its body, <laughs> and okay. they call well, them oyster shell. Uh, pardon? 
it doesn't get on hibiscus? Not so much. It okay. doesn't like hibiscus the way it loves ficus and it loves spider plant. So, but, but take a close look at your hibiscus because there are other insects that love hibiscus like a white fly. So yeah. that's an insect that flies around that's pure white. And aphids, though it would be unusual to have aphids inside, though you know anything's possible. The other is spider mite. So just take a really good look at, every, at your different plants. Look for webbing. Look for any flying white insects and look for any little bumps. And then you'd be in a better position to know what to do next. But yeah. generally speaking, you would use an insecticide called Bug Be Gone or Trounce. Depends who makes it, what the name is. Yeah. Uh, it's a pyrethrin-based spray, and you would follow all the instructions and spray the insects if you find them thoroughly. Is it going to hurt to do that anyway? Or, like, I, I, I'm not sure that, that this is what I have, but I don't yeah. understand why my spider plant would have it because it was far away from Right. The, okay, well, so don't, yeah, no worries. Just look at every single plant closely. That's the main thing, okay? Yeah, surely, I'm, I'm sorry. We have to move along here. Um, we have to take a bit of a break here on the Garden Show from AM 740, and we'll be back to welcome another first-time caller to the Garden Show at AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And, of course, as per usual on a Saturday morning, the uh, sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here, helping things along, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> hey, we had a call in, and, and uh, James put up the location of our next caller, Empire Corners. Well, it was intriguing enough that both Charlie and I dove toward the computer to Look track up, that down. Where's yeah. Empire Corners? Apparently about 22 uh, kilometers south of Hamilton. Well, let's ask Verna. Well, she Verna, can tell Verna, us. No, yeah, she knows where she lives. She's one of 70 people, apparently who live in uh, Empire Corners. Hello, Verna. Good morning. Uh, how oh, are you, Charlie? Oh, fine. And, and you know... Listen to the chimes. Verna, I'm sorry. The chimes are here for you first. That's Ooh, your... There I'm we are. First time caller. Welcome. You've got your wings. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Empire Corners, was I correct in about 22 kilometers south of Hamilton? Um... I'm not sure about the distance, but it is south of Hamilton towards Dunville. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Good. Well, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. My question is about rhubarb plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a rhubarb plant that's gone to seed. And if you look in garden books, they don't have much about them, and they just say to cut that off. Mm-hmm. Is, can you propagate rhubarb from those seed stalks? Uh, depending on whether it was... Uh, uh, originally a cultivar or a, a selection of rhubarb that um, it will not typically breed true. So is this rhubarb that you planted yourself or it was on the property when you moved in? I believe it was planted probably from uh, like a cultivar. Yes, because most of the rhubarb that we find has been selected for, you know, red stems or certain flavors, etc. So Typically, in that situation, seeds will not provide you with the same plant. You I can see. certainly grow from seed, but what you get will not be the same as the parent. But will it be rhubarb? Yep, yeah, it'll be rhubarb, but it, it might not be that same selection of rhubarb. Actually, the chances of it being the same selection are only one in four. 
Oh, but uh, so you just take the seed pods off and plant them, and you're likely to get some kind of rhubarb? Oh, yeah, you will get some kind of rhubarb for sure. Yep, yep, and just exactly. Uh, pretend you're Mother Nature. So Mother Nature puts rhubarb to seed in late spring, early summer, and so make sure that the seeds are mature, and then mm-hmm. they're dry, and then you scatter in a nice sunny seed bed area where you like it to grow, um, sprinkle a little bit of soil, not much on top, and keep moist. And, yep, all kinds of rhubarb should grow. Oh, excellent. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Excellent. Well, All thanks right. for your Great call. talking to you. All right. Don't be a stranger. Call back. Okay. <laughs> I probably will. No, well, that's great. Through. That was great. Thank, thank you, you very much, Verna. Okay. Bye. Empire Corners. Now we know something. We yeah, know that's a new one for us. Yeah. yeah and uh, we ask uh, Robert and Molly, who are online, to just be patient, listening to the show uh, with your phone there, and uh, we'll get to you in just a couple of moments because we do have a special guest that I will let Charlie introduce. Well, exactly. I want to introduce Erin to you, Frank. Erin uh, Jurgis is joining us. Uh, she is a homeowner on the Scarborough Bluff, actually right on the lake in the Scarborough Bluffs area, but she's one of the members or one of the volunteers, if you will, who has agreed to open her home and her garden to the public uh, for next uh, Saturday, June the 14th, as part of the Gates Open Home and Garden Tour. This is all happening at W the Bluffs Gates, hello, the BluffsGatesOpen.com. Sorry about that. Morning, Erin. Good morning. Good morning, Aaron. Nice to have you with us. Frank. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. How are you guys? We're great. Great. Gorgeous day. Gorgeous day. Hopefully we'll have another gorgeous day on uh, Saturday, June 14th. Uh, Chances are we will. So tell me, what's your view out your window right now? What are you seeing? Oh, well, um, it's a, it looks quite uh, blue and lush out there right now. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful day. The lake is sparkling literally mm-hmm. and um and my husband and kids are out there watering the uh watering all the plants trying to get us ready in time for the tour of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no pressure right no yeah, no anxiety no, pressure, no stress no pressure. <laughs> well Erin and I spoke yesterday and she was telling me that the home she and her husband and her two small children live in it so talk about pressure right two small kids and you're opening your home oh Aaron. yes <laughs> so but it's a challenging garden because it's quite a steep steep garden it, back garden i guess goes right down to the lake yes it is and uh yes the two children aren't that helpful it can be a bit of distraction sometimes <laughs> for trucks and diggers and all the rest but it keeps them occupied in the dirt yeah but we do also have a 14 year old and um she's helpful at times as well so oh, that's good, good. yeah good. And um, so some of the challenges that yourself, and I believe there's eight other homes and gardens that will be open on the tour. So tell us some of the challenges that you gardeners face on right on the bluffs there. Yes, of course. So the, the soil is itself is just very difficult to work with. You obviously have to bring in um, quite a lot of it to, to fill in the beds and um uh, you know, and get the foundation right. Because um, it's pure because sand. It's very sandy. Yeah. yeah. That's I what mean, I thought. it's really quite the terrain back there. It's, um, it is very difficult to get, to get anything going. And, uh, you know, we're in the early phases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're working out our, our long term vision. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as, as we talked about before, gardening is, 
um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a journey. It's all it's ever changing, right? <laughs> that's, well, exactly. That's what we were saying. That no matter how perfect you make it today, with a growing family, it's your garden has to evolve and has to oh, change. Yeah. And gardens do change, whether we want them to or not. Things grow or things don't grow. So one way or the other, gardens are always changing and evolving. But that's part of the fun, I always think. Absolutely. And so, when you come, you know, on, and on the tour, you're. You're going to see all different types of gardens, mm-hmm. of course, because every every home um, along the bluff has a different has a different view, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you know in a different terrain in their backyard. That's right. Uh, so you're really going to get a good variety, I think, when the when the when the um, when the tour happens. Um, you know, you'll you'll see all sorts of different types of gardens, from the English garden to just you know. Um, uh, more contemporary type of yeah. uh, type of build. So, and as you had said earlier as well, some of the homes are very unique. There's some very old homes that have been there and restored over the years, and others are infills or much newer restorations. Oh uh, yes, absolutely. One of our one of the um, oldest homes on the tour is actually from I think 1910. It is, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a beautiful old Georgian style home. And um, it was actually part of uh, the old Pollock Mansion. It was the coach house, uh-huh. and so they've, you know, mm. they've really done an amazing job of of keeping it authentic to its original build, yeah. but of course, um, adding on to it since then. So it spans from everything, something such as that, to um, something more like our home, where it's much more, um, you know contemporary yeah, newer. And, uh, modern right so okay so we started with some of the challenges of guarding that the soil is not easy because it's so sandy now with all mm-hmm. the steep slopes and uh, you have to be like a mountain goat to get up and down your gardens i would think <laughs> <laughs> yes that's very true it, just even to mow the to mow the the lawn i mean we're we're fortunate that we are able to keep grass and grow grass along um, the hill in the backyard, because a lot of the, the homes along the bluff um, just have a challenge just, you know, just growing grass. So yeah, it's too steep. Um, <laughs> we actually do ours with a whippersnipper up and down, and uh, my husband and two of, his, two of his buddies go at it. <laughs> and spend a couple of hours mowing oh, yeah. with a whippersnipper. Day. Yeah. <clears throat> because they can't do well, mowing. No. How would you get the lawnmower down there? You know? Well, I've done it with a rope. You know, you tie a rope yeah. on the handle, and then you basically just drop the lawnmower down, and you let let out the rope, and then you pull it back by the rope, and then you move over, and then you drop it back down and pull it back up. Slow, though. There you go. Get a little innovative. Exactly. <laughs> and You guys know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then wildlife. It's uh, quite a beautiful part of Toronto where you are. It's quite natural. There's all kinds of ravine and, and open parkland. So so I imagine you get the, the odd little critter through your garden. Yes, we do. We have a family of deer that come to visit oh, us. They think we're nice. going to name them this year. <laughs> Bambi um, one, Bambi two, Bambi three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, we we definitely we get a lot of deer. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of foxes, a lot of um, eagles, and mm. um, all sorts of things. Lots of little bunnies, of course. Yeah. You know, very cute, but can be quite mischievous as well, I'm yep. sure, as we all know. It chew up um, but everything. the kids love it. The yeah. kids love it, and and uh, and so do we. But the the bluffs, yeah, they're. I mean, they are very unique. It's it's they're quite the. It's a geological treasure, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they span the bluffs, which are cliffs. In case anyone doesn't know, they're cliffs yeah. along the eastern part of uh, Toronto, so mm-hmm. in the Scarborough area. Um, along Lake Ontario, and uh, they span about 15 kilometers long. So everywhere, 
I think from about McCowan Kingston Road area yeah. all the way down to Lawson Kingston Road area. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's lots of bike trails and walk trails and a beautiful Sounds place. really gorgeous. Uh, you know, I think mm. one of the things we, we really should be pointing out, too, is that this is for a very good cause mm. indeed. It's not just uh, because you want to show off your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, no, the yeah. money. Tell us where the money is going to go eventually when uh, everything's totaled up. Well, you're right. It's a, it's a very good cause, and it's close to home for um, everyone who lives in, in the east end of the city. It's the, all the proceeds go to Rouge Valley Health, uh, Health System, which actually supports two hospitals in our area. One is the Centenary Hospital, mm-hmm. and the other is the Ajax Pickering Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, very, we're very proud to, you know, be involved and able to help in, in such a way. I mean, it's pretty easy for us. Um, But it's important, you know, it's important to the community, and uh, it seems like a great way to raise money for a hospital that, um, you know, gives back every single minute of the day. Right. Well, good for you, and, and, you know, really a big thank you to you and and your fellow homeowners that are going through all this stress and anxiety. It's not easy. (laughs) To open up your homes and make them perfect and open up your gardens and make them perfect. And, you know, volunteers obviously would be on site on all of the sites that day just says because of security reasons and safety reasons. $30, the tickets are $30 each. They are available at uh, through the the, uh, Health System Foundation and at the local Sheridan Nurseries. That's They're true. also available on the website, as far as I know, which is www.thebluffsgatesopen.com, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, it is. And Charlie, if I can mention one other thing that sure. viewers might not know is that the tour is not only outdoors, it's indoors as well. Yeah. So you'll get to view, you know, the inside of uh, some of these uh, spectacular homes. And the views, right? Because so much, yeah, our gardens really. are all about setting mm-hmm. up the view out the window. So we've got, you know, obviously the beautiful lake in the background, but all the foreground as well. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. This Thank has you been guys great. For having us. Good, Hopefully good you can for make you. It out and, uh, and we'll have a sunny day, just like today. All right. Everyone well, enjoy it. We'll I'll have a little chat that. with the weatherman and yeah. make sure he comes through for you. Yeah, would you do that for us? I Thank will you. do that, Aaron. Frank has a ton of influence. <laughs> 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 Thanks well, so much for this, and we'll, hopefully we'll see you on the 14th. Thanks again, guys. Have a great day. Okay. okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Wow, that sounds like a spectacular tour. I know. Well, that, see, that's the thing about garden. Well, garden tours, you're getting into the backyard, and that feels like, a you know, it's a private yeah. space, and you're kind of peeking in places you wouldn't normally be able to get into. But with the homes open as yeah. well, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like real fun. Yeah. And a nice way we to spend We could go Saturday. on that tour, except that I guess we, you never have time after no, the show. Have you have time, to do no. another show. I've I'm busy during the rest oh, of the day. So, I know. So popular. Busy, 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 you know. Ah, never yes. mind. Oh, but we do have to take a little bit of a break here because we do have folks who have held on yes. through all of that. And I hope they enjoyed the uh, interview as much as I did. Uh, Molly will be on to talk to us from Etobicoke after these words here on The Garden Show from AM740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor welcoming you aboard this last little segment to The Garden Show, and certainly we're uh, so glad that Molly hung on the line there from Etobicoke. Good morning, Molly. 
Good morning. Morning. I uh, wanted to ask you about a bay laurel plant that I have. Yes. I bought it two years ago, mm-hmm. and I just have it in a pot. It's maybe sure. about 15 inches high. Okay. Uh, I took it in in the fall because I understand yes. you can't, they don't winter over. That, no, they would die if you'd left it outside. Yes. Yeah. And it it was fine for two winters, and then I put it out this spring anyway, uh-huh. and it had new growth on it and everything, and it's such a sad specimen now. All the leaves are, like, they're uh, drying up oh. and brown, and did I just it, wonder maybe I put it out too early. I'm wondering. When you put it out, did you go straight out into a sunny spot, or did you tuck it into a sheltered location? Well, I put it in my... I have a like a little sort of fin- not a fence like a stone, and I put it in there like sort of right. tucked it in there. Yeah. I don't know if it would be protected though. Uh, was is it in getting sun right now where it is? Yes, like lots all of sun. Oh, lots yeah. of sun. Okay, so here's here's the trick. And um, whenever we want to take a plant outside, whether it's a, something we started like a little seedling or a house plant that wants and we'll have a great vacation out in our gardens for the summer, we, we always start the process from our house. When we go outside, we start the process in a sheltered spot. So sheltered from the sun and sheltered from the wind because it is such a, a false world inside our homes. If it's so safe and, you know, the light levels, of course, are quite low compared to the real sun outside that we have to prepare the plant over a period of a couple of weeks to be ready to handle the wind, the sun, and like the real world. And we call that hardening off when we take a plant from inside to outside and we gently bring it out into the real world over well, a period of weeks. Well, I know I didn't do that. No, I so, just threw it out and let it <laughs> and, do and we had, thing. We had some late frost as well. It has. We've had some pretty cold weather, some cold nights in the last uh, 10 days or so. So what I would do now is, um, number one, make sure it's still in its pot, I assume. Yes. Make sure that the pot it's in is a well-drained soil. And so even if, when was the last time you repotted this plant? I have never repotted it. Okay. It has never really grown that much. Right. So, you know, it might be an idea to take it out of the pot, wash the pot, and put it back into the same pot, but freshen up the soil. And okay. F- and repotting soil that you're going to use, and if you can get a hold of cactus soil, that would be the best. For, I'm sorry, what? So, potting soil that's designed yeah, for cactuses or cacti. Oh, for cactuses. Oh, yeah, because okay. it'll be sandy, it'll be super well-drained, and that's what you need. Uh, and then, so freshening up the soil when you've got it out of the got the plant out of the pot you know smell the roots if they smell like a swampy and like they're mush etc trim off anything that's brown or black or mushy any roots that aren't healthy trim those all away fresh soil back into the pot uh, it, ultimately the plant wants to be in the sun so you uh, for now i would probably take it out of too much super windy, super sunny, and sort of try for half-day sun and less wind, trim the plant down a tiny bit, and I think you'll find it'll probably grow back. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. And Charlie, can you tell me, can you eat woolly thyme rather, you know, like instead of, can you use that as a herb? As a thyme, yep, yeah, absolutely. Oh, because yep. my thyme died over the winter, so and I have, but I have a huge mat of uh, woolly thyme. right. Okay, well, just the, the trick with woolly thyme is because it's so flat to the ground that if you, to harvest it, it, it's usually got a lot of dirt stuck to it. So it's the washing and drying and then, you know, um, crumbling that can be tricky with the woolly thyme. But um, I'm the same as you. My thyme died over the winter as well.
Yes, I just wanted to uh, but, yep. make sure. That yep. that Wooly time, creeping time, <laughs> any of the times are, are very edible and tasty. And Thank that's all the time. Very we have. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very much, call, Molly. Molly. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, decided, uh, we, have, we have decided. Have we? Collectively, <clears throat> <clears throat> the wind chimes are a wonderful addition to welcome first-time callers, mm-hmm. particularly the ladies. Uh, but the gentlemen, you know, I think it's a little too flowery Whimsical. and girly. Girly. To, yeah, yeah, girly. 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 The, so to oh, welcome, James is agreeing with you. I yes, like it. Yes, Robert <laughs> from North York is a first-time caller, so here's what we do to welcome all the men callers. Welcome, Robert, first-time caller from North York. Are you okay, Robert? Yeah, how are you? Okay, welcome. That was that was wackiness at this end. Uh, That'll be Tarzan welcoming you to the Garden Show. Giving Carol Burnett. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What's going on in your garden? I've got a giant blue spruce about 35 feet, and it's got a disease called gall, Mm G-A-U-L. Is there anything that can be done to save it, or is this thing that has to be cut down? Uh, well, it can be saved, but it's gonna. If it's a big spruce, it's got to be sprayed at the right time by a professional, because they've got to be able to spray the entire tree. So that's where you call in an arborist, or, you know, a certified arborist. Uh, any of the companies that are out there, there's several, can come and do an inspection for you and tell you what they're going to spray, when they're going to spray it, and what they're going to charge you to do it. Do you know what time of year is best to spray it? I think it's na- I think it's early now, spring. I can't, you know what? I don't remember that specific. But have you Googled it at all, spruce gall? No. Okay. Do you know of any companies that actually do it? Oh yeah. Um, well, you're in North York, so I mean, there's all kinds of things. There's Shady Lane. There's Davy Tree. Oh, Davy oh, Tree. Yeah, yeah. And if you just even um, Google certified arborists in yeah. in the GTA, you'll come up with all kinds of them, and uh, they'll they'll come identify and and not charge you to come and give you that quote. Okay. Okay, that's my suggestion because you you won't can't even if you could figure out what to spray and when to spray, you're never going to be able to get high enough in the tree. No, no, it's too huge. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Robert, for joining the show. First-time caller. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you know our little mantra of, you know, call early, call off, and one question per call? Yes, I know Mm. that. Yes, I do. Well, uh, Shirley, who is on, I think, third caller today, has called back. We shall call uh, her to... Uh, well, call we shall welcome her, her yes. again today. Momentarily. Yes. yes. But she followed the mantra. That's she right. She called again. Exactly. And she got through. Demo. Exactly. You catch on quick. I'm telling <laughs> you. for that. We're, we're going to be back in a moment after these words. <laughs> Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Shirley, welcome back to the show. Morning, Shirley. Hello. Yes? Go ahead, dear. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, hi, Charlie and Frank. Hi. Remember we were talking, and I mentioned the hibiscus Mm -hmm. um, in the kitchen that where the blooms, uh, f- the buds form, but they, uh, I've had two, I think every one actually. It's a small, it was a baby that mm-hmm. I cut off with the mother, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they fall off before they bloom. And I look at the, I've looked at the stem, and the stem uh, of the bloom, or the bud rather, mm-hmm. I should call it, it looks kind of wilted and right. dried up. And- Tell me, how, how big a pot is the hibiscus in? Um, 
Like just a little one, probably? It's just a little one, and it's, a, it's probably about a four-inch one. Right. Okay, perfect. Now, how often do you water that plant? Well, um, I try not to overwater it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because I was going to say... You know, I, I, I use an ordinary potting soil, and oh. then I, I, I use sort of like a, moss, a mossy-type soil that I had for um, an amaryllis. I had some left yeah. over, and I put that on the top. Uh, okay, so here's my suggestion. Number one, the hibiscus needs to be in the sunniest window that you've got. Yeah. It, uh, I would take the moss away so that it's just the soil on the surface. Mm-hmm. And what you do is feel the soil, let the plant, let that soil dry right out between waterings so that the leaves will actually even get a bit limp or the, they'll lose their shininess or the green will kind of change and then water thoroughly when you water. So enough that the water will come through the drainage holes you know, fill the saucer beneath and give it 20 minutes to absorb that moisture or empty the, and then empty the saucer if there's any moisture left in it. Right. Because probably what's happening is the buds are forming, which suggests there's sufficient light. But when the buds fail to open, it usually means overwatering. Yeah, it's in a greenhouse window. Okay, so. yeah, so th- that's great. So that'd be the thing I'm, I suspect at this point is just that the, you've got to water thoroughly when you do water, but let it really dry out between watering. So whether it's every week or two weeks or three days, when you water, just do it thoroughly, but let it be completely dry in between. Okay. Okay. Can I, can I, <clears throat> can I ask you a clarification nope. oh, oh. about that last call? Uh, the... I just want to ask you about the weeping fig dripping because uh-huh. I didn't understand if that was – if it's not scale, is it is it a bad thing for it to be dripping sap? But if you're pruning it, it's going to drip. That's that's yeah, natural and normal. Normal, right? Okay, so I don't yeah. need to worry about that part. No, as long not as at I all. I don't find scale. That's just what's normal. That's right, exactly. Okay, all and right, it, thanks very much. You're welcome. All righty, uh, and uh, we continue now with a little call from uh, John. Hey, John in Mississauga, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. great. How are you? Oh, it's nice to hear from you all the time. <laughs> I feel the same <laughs> way about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my patio here looking at my beautiful flowers and my fruit trees. Okay. Now, um, Charlie, my wife always does the tomatoes from seeding. Mm-hmm. Okay? We have our own, I mean, you know, from all tomatoes, like from last year's tomatoes, right. whatever. Saves the seeds. Yeah. Um, and she put them in our bay window. Yep. There's a sun. She starts them in, uh, in uh, what you call them, uh, oh, my gosh. March, probably. Uh, it, oh, geez. Potting soy. Sure, yep. Okay? But every year, I don't know if she's doing something, you know, different whatever, they're so lanky. They're so, you know, when, like when I planted them two weeks ago, they were already maybe, what, well, a foot between, a foot on, on 14 inches long. Okay. So two things. One uh-huh. is when we don't have enough light on our tomatoes or any of our seedlings, uh-huh. they, will, they look stretched. They get very, very tall and weak, and they're, we say they're reaching for the light. Uh, and so it's all about light. Uh-huh. I would suggest that if your wife likes to grow the tomato seed, seedlings yeah. from seed, that you should set up uh, a, uh, some grow lights for her. Uh-huh. So don't rely just on the, the window ledge for sufficient light. You really need more light than that. And uh, nothing, there's nothing better than a nice little uh, sort of a bench with uh, chains and a four-foot fixture yeah. with the fluorescent tubes that are mm-hmm. grow lights. And you can move your lights up and down as the plants start to grow. We move the lights up. And that way your tomatoes will be uh, shorter, more compact, uh-huh. and uh, stronger when they go outside. A stronger stand, right? Yep. Yep. That's what I would do. 
Yeah, no, and that's why I'm asking because, you know, and, and to be honest with you, we have so many, but and yeah. now when I plan them, some I lost some of them. I lost around nine of them. Oh, really? Well, you of course, you I have all kinds, some marzano, yeah. blue, this, that, yellow, uh, orange, blah, blah, blah. And, right? Sean, you plant them deep, right? You go you go deeper than what the, the potting soil they were growing in, of oh, course. Yes. Yeah, oh, of yes. course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, no, that, that's what I would do because, you know what, you don't want to go to all the work of growing the seedlings and then have them die. Yeah. So that's set it up so that the seedlings are healthier and happier when they do go outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the best time to start tomato plants would be about in a normal spring, in yeah, middle of March. Uh, actually, she even started them later. Yeah, than that. or later March. Charlie, exactly. You know? Yep. Yeah, this was a later spring. Well, I guess we sort of saw that coming with all that snow on the ground still in yeah. March. So, yeah. So, I, like always, Charlie. Yeah. I don't want. I know it's time. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, Frank, keep up the good work, you two. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> All right, John. Chad, do we have time for one more caller, or are we just about uh, uh, It's Maybe if she's really fast. Rosemary okay, let's, is calling. Rosemary from Bradford, first-timer, Ooh, too. Here come the there chimes. <laughs> there you are. Welcome, Rosemary. Thank you very much. I love your show, both of you. I, I learn a lot, even though I'm not a great gardener. My question is quickly i planted um herb seeds in three containers on my veranda last weekend Mm. and yesterday the squirrels have dug in all three and i need to know how to prevent this from happening those squirrels eh? i know they think that they buried something last fall or they found something from last fall and they want to rebury it i you know know, i'm I'm upset because i think they've wrecked everything that we've done yeah so you're gonna have to redo it and then what i would do is a couple things you could just put a screen or chicken wire or something over the pot Mm -hmm. just and affix it in such a way that those horrible little squirrels can't get their little paws into the soil below. Okay. Um, the other thing I've used in that situation, if you have roses on the property and you're trimming any of your roses, uh-huh. lay um, canes of dead rose canes on the surface of the soil and squirrels won't touch. Okay, so, and that won't prevent the seeds from... Not at all. No. 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 Okay. No. Good so idea. Good yes, protection. I do have a rose bush that okay. I need to... Uh address. There you go. You've got Wonderful. it on hand. <laughs> I'm glad we got you in on the show. Uh, thank you Good luck with that, much. Rosemary. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right. All and right. my friends, that's about all she wrote. That uh, is, but you're back. You're I not am going back, anywhere. yeah, 2.30, uh, Grants International. Oh, yes. Yeah, refund experts, they're called. Oh, right, of course. Yep, so Very I'll good. be on the air with that. And you also do uh, uh, From 3.30 three to 5, uh. lots of nice music and a few jokes thrown in. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, you are a pretty funny guy. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> she <laughs> looked at me when she said that. I assume funny, that's yeah. yes, funny right, looking, looking or... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, thank thanks, you, James. Frank, and thank you, James Patrick Dooley. And thanks to all our great callers, because we wouldn't have a show without the great callers. Exactly. And I see that we've got a gang uh, on the other I side know. of the glass. They're uh, going to have some kind of car rally or something in there. <laughs> a lot of people in there <laughs> revving their engines. <laughs> Dave's Corner Garage. The gang is holding on there. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.